You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This week's episode of In the Dome is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings is currently offering free-to-play pools every single day of the basketball playoffs, and players can win a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. You can download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $10,000 in total prizes every single day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That promo code is THPN for a limited time, only at DraftKings. See DraftKings.com for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the In the Dome podcast. Podcast. Okay, I was wrong. I think a lot of people were wrong about the Montreal Canadiens. Were you right or were you wrong? You were probably both. I mean, well, I was both because I was saying, like, watch it happen. You know, it's going to happen. But in my heart, I didn't believe it was going to happen. Yeah, I was the same way. I'm, I, on paper, logically, I'm just like, I don't understand how the Canadians have any business in this series. But then you watch the games and you're like, dude, they're taking it to Vegas. Like, whatever game plan they rolled in with, and we'll we'll do our best to kind of break it down a bit here today. But, man, they executed to a T and fuck, was it effective. How much of this, though, was Pete DeBoer not being able to um, make an adjustment to what the Canadians were throwing at them? Oh, dude, like I saw somebody said, like, if Gerard Gallant was coaching Vegas, I think they might have won. And I, can't, I well. kind of have to agree. Yeah, I like what was it? What was the biggest what was the biggest factor in this series going to six, not even to seven games? Vegas couldn't even push seven games. Well, I think it was like uh, the fact that Ve- like Mark Stone, like, OK, you know, I'm a huge Mark Stone fan. What did he sucked? <laughs> he was terrible. Did he even have a point? I know. I know he didn't have a goal. He was absolutely terrible. Like, was it Vic- Deneau that they matched up against Stone? Yeah, Philippe Deneau outstone so, Mark Stone. Philippe Deneau, Mark Stone does the same thing to Mark Stone that Mark Stone did to Nathan McKinnon. But it's just, I mean, like they, they didn't have enough scoring, which is like mind blowing, right? Like you, you look at those their top six and. Didn't have enough scoring. It's weird. Yeah, well, you did, throw, you did throw out the stat that they... They lack finisher. They lack finishing. They're great at expect, generating expected goals for one of the best in the league, but actual goals for. And that was definitely the case. And obviously, you're playing... Look, coming into this whole playoffs, I said Vasilevsky was the best goalie in the league, which he was at the time. Now it's Carey Price. This is going to be a goaltender duel. What do you think? 
Price versus Vasilevsky. I mean, we'll get into the the upcoming matchup too, but I won't jump around too much. But dude, Carey Price, like he is looking like JS Shiger when the when the Ducks went to the finals. Dude, it's didn't they lose and then he still won the consummate? Yeah. And that's like one of the one of the. It's very rare, and I mean that could happen with if this if this thing goes to seven games, like abs- absolutely, Carey yep. Price, like because right now it's it's a pretty much a two horse, maybe three horse race between Carey Price, Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov, and um, it's probably between Braden Point and Carey Price. If Carey Price plays amazing in this series, goes seven, they lose. He uh, absolutely he'll still win the win the con smite. So. I think it's only happened like maybe three or four times in NHL history. Like the Habs have found, like I'm curious because as far as firepower, I mean, they're going to have a little bit more of a harder time with, with the bolts than they did with the Knights. Wouldn't you think? Well, yeah, because the thing about, I think the thing that's being made utterly clear about Tampa Bay is they can pretty much play any way. <laughs> any way they want and beat you any way they want. And John Cooper is the master at adjusting his game plan based on what the other team is doing. Like you just did that. Like you can play any Tampa Bay can beat you any way. You just saw them win what they win game seven, one, nothing against the New York Islanders. The Islanders, the Islanders. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. You're right. I mean, I think we threw that out there, you know, coming into the playoffs. They literally can play any style of game. And I mean, it's like if you look at how they have played this year, because I don't know if you've been, if you listen to the, there was, we did a show in the summer just talking about how Jeff Ford was going to make adjustments, we were hoping. And something I was curious about was like, hey, maybe they will start to adjust like the lightning did after they got beat by the Blue Jackets. It wasn't a big adjustment. It wasn't a let's completely throw everything we've, everything out the window adjustment, but it was a simple adjustment. They started playing a bit more on the four check. They started, they started generating their offense a little bit differently and it really worked. So they can play any which way, man. And it's, they are just an absolute machine. So let me ask you this. Could you imagine if John Cooper comes out after the 1819 season? (laughs) And says, yeah, we're not going to play like that anymore. You saw what happened. Could you imagine if, if, if Tampa Bay Lightning completely switched and changed their, their style of game instead of just doing a few tinkers? Like, can you imagine they just, like, dump everything, say we're not going to play fast anymore, we're not going to play upbeat hot, we're just going to defense first, defense first. That's all we're going to do. Focus on that defense. Yeah, I that wouldn't have that wouldn't have flown anywhere. They would have been like, "What are you talking about? That's insane." Anyways, man, the Habs dictated that entire series against the Knights. I'm I'm pretty blown away. I really am. I mean, you, there's two sides of it. Whenever it happens, it's always it's always shocking, right? Well, yeah, you again like. You just feel like you felt even, like Vegas was going to win. Even in game six, it was like, hey, they're going to win, right? They got it. They're going to win. Of course they're going to win. There's no way Montreal's going to stand like a final. What are you talking about? No, I think it was game four. I think it was game four. 
even though the Habs ended up losing that game, they were up, right? Yeah, they, they lost game up. four, yeah. When they went up in game four, I was like, fuck, man, they're going to win this series. Because all I have seen up until that point is the Montreal Canadiens, for 80% of the series thus far, dictating the game to the Vegas Golden Knights. Like a team that I'm just so accustomed to watching dominate and dictate their will 99% of the time against any other team I watch. Like, do you realize how good Vegas is? Does does everyone realize how goddamn good the Vegas Golden Knights are? And the Montreal Canadiens beat them in six games. And they they dictated the majority of the series to the Knights. The Knights were on their heels for 80% of that series. And I mean, again, say what you want about the way they play. Like everyone's all, oh, they play boring. It's bad for the league. I mean, I don't know if I, I think that kind of gets overblown. It's like this, they're, this, they're playing great fucking hockey. And if you're, if you're a true fan of the game, I don't see how when you're watching great hockey, you, you don't enjoy it. Like, like, I mean, did, did the Dallas stars going to the Stanley Cup final last year, did any other team like copy how Dallas was trying to play? Not really. It's so interesting, isn't it? Like, I was trying to think of this today. Is there any other sport where this happens? Like, you never get, like, look, there's always upsets. But there isn't, like, continual upsets year after year after year in basketball and football. I mean, there was a time there in the NBA where you could just, like, yeah, it's the Golden State Warriors and LeBron's team. Like, that's pretty much it. And, I mean, the NBA still is kind of like that. You know who's going to be in in the finals year to year, I mean, in the NFL, sure, you get like, like there's there's not a lot of runs in other sports, it seems, right? Like Cinderella runs. I guess there's been a few in, in the MLB, but there's I don't think there's any sport quite like the NHL. And it is. It's completely different. The regular season and the playoffs are two, they're two different games. It's quite intriguing, really. How many Canadian teams have done it now? You had, so you, Montreal now, the like the last team before them was Ottawa. Ottawa goes to the finals, yeah, and they're kind of like they're kind of like whoa. They get past Pittsburgh. No one saw that coming. They actually, yeah, they go to the finals. Vancouver. They were the only team that should have went to the finals when they did. Edmonton, and then us. The only guys that haven't done it is the Jets and the 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 the. the the Dude, choke artist, big, the, the Maple Leafs. They'll never they put they put this out. I don't know if it was on sports then. I saw it somewhere, but they showed like the last time every Canadian team has been to the Stanley Cup final. So Montreal 93, Calgary 04, Edmonton 06, like you said, uh Ottawa 07, Vancouver 11. The Leafs have not been there since they won the Stanley Cup in 1967. <laughs> like that's insane. Oh, it really is for the the second. Biggest, well, obviously the, the biggest franchise in Canada, which is the biggest, it's the biggest hockey market in the world. Yeah, I mean the the most uh, lucrative franchise in the league is the Rangers, and I think the the Maple Leafs are right behind them. So it, it is actually pretty remarkable that they sucked for so long in the biggest hockey market in the world. Well, and I, what I, what I think is most interesting about the Canadians' run is that like everybody kind of acts like they suck because they had a rough season, but like, was everybody saying this before the season? Like, I am pretty sure everybody was, it was pretty well agreed upon that they were at least a top three team in the North division. No. Yep. Um, 
Well, we had him in the, in the top three. Yeah, you had you were like they could win this division, no problem. Yeah, my hot take was either them or the Oilers would win the division. I pff, I never would have seen them going to the finals though. And I mean, listen, like they've well, been we, one. We knew they were going to be good, yeah. But then they weren't in the regular season. But they had their own struggles, and Carey Price was a big factor there. But continue on well, injuries as well. Um, but I mean, they have been one of the best five on five teams in the league in the last what three years? Yeah, like easily, they're one of the best. They're one of the best teams five on five in terms of like any metric you want to look at. They've been up there like every year, like that top line of Deneau, Gallagher. And I mean, it's usually been Tatar. I don't know why. I don't know why they're sitting Tatar, to be honest. Like, it's kind of weird. Um, but like they, their top six has been so good at driving play at five on five over the past three years. It's just been their special teams and their finishing hasn't been there. You put in a guy like Cole Caulfield, who is money, and you got your finisher. And I mean, I'm just, I'm not surprised that they are good, is what I'm saying. Maybe like it seems weird, but if you actually look at it over the past three years, it's actually kind of maybe coming together for them more so than people think. It's coming together right now. Yeah, it's what, not like what? it's not like they've sucked for all these years. Suck, yeah. suck, sucked. Like maybe they haven't got the results they've wanted, but they haven't been playing like shitty hockey for the last five years. And then out of the blue, they go on this miracle run. Like they've been playing good hockey for the past three years. I think the 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 reason why it's so hard to predict is if you're looking at your prediction, what you what you're trying to predict, what's going to happen in the playoffs. You all you have to look at is the regular season, and we. We fall prey to it way too often instead of looking back in history, right? And being like, well, it happens every season. Someone's going to make a story. Someone's going to make headlines. Someone's going on a Cinderella run. It happens pretty much, you know, every year. But yeah, you're right. I mean, throughout the season, even this season, they were great five on five. You know, who else was good five on five to close out the season? Calgary That'd Flames. Be... The Calgary Flames are playing. Um... Dare I say a very similar style as the Montreal Canadiens are playing right now? Very, very similar style with uh, Brett Ritchie in the top six, though. Tell so. fuck me, <laughs> I hate it. And there's and there's another you know blaring difference between the Flames and the right? Canadiens, the GM and the offseason additions that were made. Well, the GM and also the fact that they have some studs who they're like young kids who are in their lineup and be getting prominent roles in their lineup. Yeah, here's a question I'll throw out. You I've been thinking about this. And I'm I'm pretty sure what my answer is, but is Montreal in the finals right now without Cole Caulfield? I don't believe so at all. I don't think so. I don't think they um get past round one. Because how many how many oh, absolutely they don't get past round one, dude. Like, no way. The, the Leafs finished them because he was scratched for what the first two games of that series? Yep. So yeah, I don't think they I don't think they beat the Leafs though, Caulfield. They I, they probably beat the Jets because although I don't know, man, they just they just started to to just start firing all cylinders, right? As soon as they as soon as they get past the Leafs, now they're like they're rolling. They're rolling. But him and Suzuki, man, without those two guys for sure. I mean, that fourth line's been money, but they've just been, you know. The, the extra seasoning in the cake, right? Like Caulfield and Suzuki are driving this team offensively. 
Yeah. And then, I mean, if you can have that out there, with, like I said, a, a line with Deneau and Gallagher on it, in yeah, which yeah. they take care of business five on five. Exactly. Sure, maybe they don't score as much as you'd like them to, but. Hey, they're shutting down the other team. Yeah. So then you then you can throw a, probably is this not maybe a goal scorers like is this not a wet dream in Calgary of goal scorers Nick Suzuki Tyler Toffoli Cole Caulfield on the same line like come on like that's like if you added one of those guys to our team I'd be overjoyed let alone have all three on the same line like that's a goal scoring line so I just I think it's a little overblown that the Canadians have been like this absolute shit team and I guess we all kind of got fed this right like oh. Colorado and Vegas are going to crush whoever comes out of the North division, like absolutely annihilate them. And we've been hearing that for five months, right? Like, Oh, the North division suck. Whoever comes out of the North division is just going to have the winner of the other division waiting for them and just kill them. And so I think that narrative, I was was right there too. That's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, I was there too. But then when you go back, like you said, Look at the numbers in retrospect. It's like, I don't think the Canadians are as bad as everyone thinks they are. And I definitely don't think this has been a fluky run. And I definitely don't think they don't deserve to be there. It's like you said, they're playing good hockey. If you're looking at how their, you know, their lines are structured and how that's working out for them, right? With the shutdown low of Zeno with, with Gallagher, it can't, I can't help but go back to what our top six looked like in 1819. And be like, well, that's the most similar thing you can have with in the home plane with Monty and Johnny, and those guys are rolling. Those are your offense. That's your offensive team or your offensive line. And then you have Backland, Mangiapane, and Chucky as your shutdown line. Yeah, and that's the best we've ever seen. That's the best. That's what's always bugging me to this day. Is like that's the best iteration of the top. That's the best iteration of the top six we've seen, and the best iteration for each individual player. It's the best. Matthew Chuck has played his best hockey with Michael Backland. Michael Backlund has played his best hockey with Matthew Chuck. Um, Andrew Mangiapane as well, I would throw in there. And Lindholm has played his best hockey with Gaudreau. So it's just like, that was the best iteration for what. And again, when you hear the Flames talk about what they're always trying to do, right? Like, it's they've, they've always like, oh, Sean Monaghan needs to commit to defense. They've always wanted this play driving line. It's like, you have one of the best play driving lines in the league, potentially in Backlund, Mangiapane, and Chuck. I don't know why you would want to split that up. And you have one of the best goal scoring lines in the league. Exactly. With Monty Lindholm and Gaudreau, yet you want to split that up because you saw what happened. Yeah. You saw what happened. It made no sense when they started to do it. And when they moved Lindholm to center, it was the final kind of nail in like the coffin. But I've never understood why they just completely abandoned those two lines. How sick was the Cole Caulfield goal in game six? (laughs) Like. (sighs) Maybe Bob Hartley's right, bro. Yeah, maybe he is. He's maybe like he better is. than like Johnny. He's like way much better. Way, way much better than Johnny, like Manny. <laughs> <laughs> man, the way he, the way, man, the, the speed at which he processes that play, it's kind of like Conor McDavid's speed, but not as fast. But the processing is the same. He, he gets the puck. And while receiving the pay, he knows he needs to chip it over the D-man's stick. And he knows that as soon as he does that, if he takes a jump, he's got him. And he takes a jump, and the speed on this kid is ridiculous. He takes, like, four strides. And Leonard, I guess, is a little bit out of position because 
the short side's wide open, but fuck, man, it happens so fast. And then he just snipes like the kid's a fucking sniper. This kid, man, is like, if he continues to be this good, could he score 50? I mean, I don't see, there's no way he's not scoring 30. Can he score 40? Could he score 51 year? Like, fuck, he's good. He, I can't believe how good his shot is either. Like, I guess maybe it's just, you have that like small guy probably can't shoot, but like, dude, guy's got a cannon. That's a snipe. Like it's ridiculous. He's got a Joe Sackett shot, dude. Like it's an unreal shot. It's, it's just like, I I've never, I haven't seen a player with his skill set recently in recent memory who, who's put it all together at this age. Like, man, he's good. Just ridiculous. I'm so here I am again. I'm intrigued. I, I'm taking the bolts. <laughs> I, I haven't learned my lesson. Although if I do look back in history, yeah. I'll take my I'll take my lesson there. Whereas this is when the Cinderella story ends. At the how end, many of these, yeah. How many of these Cinderella teams win in the finals? They usually make it to the finals. There's always that one team. She's like, "What the fuck are they doing there?" No one saw this coming. How many people literally sat down with their rational mind and picked the Montreal Canadiens to be in the final? Like I, I would guarantee nobody. Like literally, no, no, definitely nobody. Like not yeah. one, unless you're like the most deranged Habs fan. You didn't like nobody. Like there aren't they the lowest seed ever? We had more wins than them. <laughs> they were, I think, yeah, they were the lowest seed coming in. We, they're the, I think they're the lowest seed ever. She's like 18th. I think they're the lowest seed ever to make it to the Stanley Cup final or something. Like we literally had two more wins than the team that's in the Stanley Cup final. It's wild. But but at the same time, like I said, it's not even that wild because you look you look at the hockey they've played over the last three years, but you still got to take Tampa, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say Bolton six because yeah, like you said, even if you if you just look at it from like a juju um kind of like a betting perspective, like the Cinderella story always ends. There's there's never been a team in history in the in the NHL that I would say who has like been the Cinderella story and won the cup, like the, the eighth place LA Kings from like 2012 is the, is the lowest seed ever to win the cup. And I mean, they are playing so good down the stretch and they played New Jersey devils who are like sixth in the East. That's like yeah. the biggest, like the, the Cinderella story is always in the ducks always lose. The, 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 the flames the, always lose. Remember the Preds? They swept the Blackhawks. Yeah. They go, they go into the finals. They lose. The Preds always lose. Pittsburgh wins. You know, those weird, the, the, the who played the, uh, the Sharks. They always lose. Like it never, the, the Cinderella story usually ends. But I mean, considering how weird this season has been, maybe we'll get a, dude, I would love to see it. And I'm not one of these people who is, Oh, bring the cup back to Canada. Cheer Canada's team. Like, fuck that shit, dude. I hate that shit so much. If anybody's bringing the cup back to Canada, it better goddamn well be the Calgary Flames. Having said that, if it wasn't the Calgary Flames, Montreal winning the cup would be pretty sweet. Yeah, there's only uh, maybe two Canadian teams that could stand winning the cup. I could, I would, I could not. Obviously, the I can't, couldn't stand the Oilers. No, the no, the cup. no, I could no. not stand the Canucks. Winning the Stanley Cup before we do. No, no, no. Another one, at least. Um, now the Maple Leafs. Well, I might not care about the Maple Leafs, but they're not. 
they're just too big a choke artist. Yeah, anyways. I'm gonna say no. But I think you're right. Out of all of them, and maybe it's because the fan base is predominantly French speaking. We don't have to put up with them all. It's too much of a language barrier, right? We don't know. They're made, they're not as infuriating because they can't speak speak to us. I think the coolest thing that's happened out of all this is that the Montreal Canadiens, the only trophy they had never won was the Clarence Trophy, and they won it. Now they've won every trophy in the NHL. That's oh, that's that, dope. that is cool. That's yeah, cool they, shit. They're the kings of the West. Yeah. Not only the North, now the West. So that that's the coolest thing to come out of this. Yeah, that is neat. But I'm still taking the Bulls. Yeah, absolutely. Like, have you watched Braden Point recently? But now I'm now I'm watching with with that much more intrigue. It's funny, man. Like, I don't sit here and be like, yeah, I'm cheering for the Habs, even though I know I'm not cheering for the Bolts. So by default, I probably will. It's usually when I go, when I'm actually watching the game, then I realize who I'm cheering for. Yeah, totally. And I, I no matter what game I'm watching, I never find myself cheering for Tampa Bay. Do you? No, I fucking hate them. Like, I hate them, and I don't even really know why, because it's like, I love Braden Point, Calgary guy. I mean, Stamkos, sure, whatever. Kucherov's really good, but I just can't fucking stand them. You just get sick of seeing them being so good. That's what it is. Yeah. Like, on one hand, I want them to continue to win because I want their management to be rewarded for building a really good team. Like, I'm sitting there watching this Islanders game or this Islanders series against the Lightning, and, like, you're telling me Bradstreet Living couldn't figure out some way to leverage the fact that the Tampa Bay Lightning are, like, $20 over the cap to get a top six forward out of there? You're telling me he he couldn't have figured out a way to get Alex Kalorn because they're in a cap crunch. You're telling me he couldn't figure that out. Like what is wrong with this doofus? Tyler Johnson was literally on waivers for free at the beginning of the year. Cause they had no money for free. Could have picked him up for free right-hand shot. Easily a 20 goal score on our top six. Can't pick him up. Cause our cap is just completely crunched. Just blow it. Just draw. Burns hey, but, me up, man. Well, we got Trey Brower for, for a good, decent season, didn't we? Is his buyout over yet? Jesus. You know it's not. <laughs> I don't think it ever ends. See, like, I don't even, like, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm not the minority here. I feel like most Flames fans do this, or any fan. is like, I'm always watching through a Flames fan's lens and thinking, like, why yeah, couldn't we have done this? I'm too jealous to, to cheer for anybody else, but yes. Why couldn't he have leveraged one of the Tampa? Because it's just like Tampa Bay's third line is so goddamn good. It's unbelievable. Coleman, Gord, and is it Goudreau or whatever his name is? It's Goudreau, right? Like, it's like that line is better than any line on our team. That's their third line. You're telling me, Brad Living, or I guess any other GM who did dick all this year, you couldn't figure out a way to leverage the Tampa Bay Lightning salary cap issues into you couldn't get Gord, you couldn't figure out how to get Palat, you couldn't figure out how to get Sorelli or Kalorn. Like, how, like Tyler Johnson is on their fourth line. If Tyler Johnson was on our team, is he not the fifth best forward on our team? Like, there's a guy where you could legit say, yeah, he could play in the top six. Not this fucking Dom Simon. Just burns me up that he does such a bad job. And then, like, I see that I see. You know, the teams, I, I just, I can, in my mind's eye, because I don't know if you do this, when the teams are, like, winning trophies and, like, they win the Clarence Campbell and they win the Prince of Wales or whatever the fuck it's called, 
and all the executives are out there. I, in my mind's eye, I always try to picture like what would it be like if the Flames were doing it. And I just cannot picture in any scenario Brad Schliving like being on the ice for any kind of win, celebration, Stanley Cup or otherwise. I just can't do it. Dude, that's a good point. That's a good point. You're just like, with Brad True living at the helm, it's not happening. I can't see him walking his ass out there, chewing his gum, putting on like a Western Conference champion hat on. It's just like, if you try to think about it in your mind, you can't picture it because it's like, it's not going to happen. Do you think that the flurry turnover was the, the TSN turning point in this series? <sighs> Kind of. Because that's game three, and the Knights completely dominate the Habs. Like, like that's the most one-sided game in the playoffs probably so far. And by all accounts, the game's pretty much over. Is what, a minute and a half left? And uh, Marc-Andre Fleury just turns it over. Silver platter. And from that moment on, I mean, well, the Knights do tie it up, but Montreal's in the driver's seat. If 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 Vegas goes up 2-1, I don't know. Maybe Montreal still comes back or maybe goes to seven, but that's that's a huge fucking moment in time, man. I mean, I, I can't disagree just because, like, how close this series was. Like, it was it was incredibly close. Um, I just think it, what it really comes down to is Vegas didn't get any production out of their big boys, and that's why they lost. So, like, you can say flurry. You can look at the goaltending. Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, they couldn't get going, man. And it's funny how DeBoer is flip-flopping with Leonard and Flurry, like it's the goaltending issue. And yep. it's the, far, the farthest thing from that series was Vegas goaltending being the problem. Yeah. And I would have gone with Flurry in the elimination game. Yeah. To, to, to go back to Leonard and not Flurry in the elimination game? Whew. I think he galaxy brained. I think he thought overthought that one, man. That's a no. that's a Jeff, Jeff Ward move right there. Yeah, that's like your th- dude. Like you're thinking this is a way over. You're way overthinking this, man. Yeah, way like make other adjustments. That's not the adjustment you need to be making. Yeah, I mean your guy again. I I understand it. It seems very clear to me that Vegas prefers Leonard to Flurry like 100. But dude, it was a Vesna nominee this year. Like come well, on, like yeah. ride or die, bro. If yeah, Flurry forced. The way Fleury played all season, they they he pretty much forced their hand. They had to play him, but they probably wanted to play Leonard. They do. They prefer him. So, but this gives them a perfect excuse to. Well, you think they'll they'll trade him rather than expose them so they can get something back. Well, I uh, I just Fleury Elliot, is who yeah, I'm talking about. Mark Andre Fleury. Um, Elliot Freeman said there was a there was a deal in place with Pittsburgh last year that was sent him back to Pittsburgh. So, I mean, would there not be a marker for Mark andre Fleury? Would somebody not give up something to get him? I mean, most teams are cash crunchers as that consideration. But, I mean, dude, a team like Pittsburgh, who just went through another <laughs> round of getting uh, just demolished because of absolute shit goaltending, you're telling me they wouldn't trade for this guy? So, I don't know. I, I'm sure they're, I'm sure he will not be a Vegas Golden Knight next year. You, you can't keep rolling with, your, with two goalies making that much money. The other the other interesting thing that I just can't stop thinking about is I remember it was after the Winnipeg series when the Habs swept the Jets. Tyler Toffoli, after the series, said when he was being in an interview, he was like on ice, I think. He's like, Yeah, it just feels like nobody believes in us. 
And I remember thinking to myself, well, that's because you're in the Canadian division and these teams aren't that great. And, you know, you had a terrible regular season and barely made it in the playoffs and yada, yada, yada. But I don't know. Something about that, about him saying that, because he's been there, he's won a cup. He knows what he knows the drill. He obviously believe he obviously believes in the team and sees something there. I just can't stop thinking about that because he was fucking right, and they just beat the fucking Knights. I don't know. I'm really intrigued once again to see if the Montreal Canadiens can make a series out of this. I'm really intrigued. And obviously, Carey Price, he's the wild card, right? So, I don't know. How many games? You're still taking bolts, and how many games are you taking bolts? I think at this point, you have to go seven, like six or seven. I'm going six, so you want seven? I'm going seven. Let me just say this. They better allow a shit ton more fans in the Bell Center for game three. How funny is it that there's literally, not even kidding, more fans gathered outside the Bell Center than there are inside. Let me tell you something. If there is one one sporting event on planet Earth that you would want to go to, if you're just a sports fan in general, if there's like one sporting event on Earth you could ever go to that would be the most insane atmosphere ever. It's the Montreal. It's a Montreal Canadiens game in Montreal in the Stanley Cup Final. Fuck, that'd be epic. Eh? Don't like. It's just. It's. It's kind of, it's really bugging me that we're going to be denied the full experience. And I can only imagine how, how it is for like Habs fans, like just insane, man. Like I, re- I remember I'm not, maybe we'll just turn into a Habs podcast again. Like I'm not a, I'm not a Habs fan, but like the hockey lore is just so iconic. There, there was that one season they opened the season where they named Patrick captain and he like took the torch around like the, the old Montreal Canadiens torch poem. And it was just like, holy shit. Like, that's why you can, that's why if I think they're the only exception to the Canada's team thing, because like they're an exceptional franchise. Well, they're the best franchise in, in the NHL. Yeah. They, well, historically speaking, they've, they've won the most times they've been, they've been dominated. They've dominated the league the most out of anybody else. Anyways. And I'm pulling for Carey Price too. Karen, do you want to touch it all on the Bolts Isle series? Um, I don't know. It was a pretty exciting series for all the talk about how uh, boring it was. I found it to be any game in Nassau was so fun to watch. Yeah. Um, I Barzell, kind of, man. Holy dude, fuck. He's a stud. That Scott Mayfield shot was like one of the best snipes I've ever seen. In game like, six. There were some great hockey games. Any, any of the games that the Isles won, they were great hockey games. Dude, even the game, the Lightning one, where Ryan McDonough makes that absolute bonkers save. On an insane, or the Islanders won that game. Was it Pellick or Pollock who made that save? Pollock, I think. Yeah, on McDonough. On McDonough. McDonough does that spinorama, which is wow, on its own. That was it. What an insane sequence of events. How could you not love hockey? Like, seriously. And I love the physicality, man. Oh, yeah. Like, that. that's the one thing about uh, the Islanders, right? Like, the blue collar fucking just... Just wear you down, grind you like so, oh, that's so much fun. To like, watch. and you know what? I'm gonna go on a little rant here. I know everybody's like, "Oh, the Islanders and Canadians being in the Final Four is bad for hockey." Blah blah blah. If you're a new fan, you're not gonna watch. 
Are you fucking kidding me? Did you watch that Islanders Tampa Bay series? Every game was like, I could give two shits about these teams. And I was like on the edge of my seat in that one, nothing game in that one, nothing game seven. I was like on the edge of my seat. Phenomenal hockey. Even the even the last Canadians Knights game, man, that yeah. was a great game. Absolutely, like you know what? There's nothing better than playoff hockey. It's it's unbelievable how much fun it is to watch hockey. How can you not be a hockey fan? Like it, I never understand. I don't understand how people can. If you could, if you watch a hockey game, how could you not come away from that going like, I want to watch that all the time? I mean, compared to other sports, like, yeah, well, football's got the contact. But these guys are wearing skates on the ice. I was watching a – did I send it to you? Every Stanley Cup <laughs> winning goal scored. I go on a bit of a bender in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs where I just kind of, like, expose myself to depressing things and kind of, like, cry myself to sleep at night about how bad the Flames suck. But I've been watching, like, every single Stanley Cup winning goal ever recorded and it goes back into like the thirties and forties and stuff. Like you watch those old games, it's bad hockey, but the dudes are still flying out there. Like just ripping. It's like on this ice, they get these weird ass skates and no curved stick. It's like yep. 1930s. And these motherfuckers are just ripping around on the ice with no helmets on like wild men. It's so, I would rather watch a hockey game from like 1932. than I would rather watch like a, a round of golf on TV. Like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah no two great series um i'm kind of curious to see what what cory perry brings us in this next series in this finals dude what is he's been so good that fourth line has been so good and it's just because he's good like that's what i think most people are missing it's like it's not because he's experienced it's not because he won a cup 15 years ago it's because he's a really good hockey player Exactly. Same with Eric Stahl. It's not like they brought in, like, you don't, maybe you say you bring in Eric Stahl and Corey Perry for their leadership and the fact that they've won, but those are guys who are also really good hockey players. Like, you bring them in because they're really good hockey players and really smart hockey players, and they've won. It's not, you, you put the, you put the fact they're really good before the fact they've won. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's move on. Uh, anything else you want to touch on on the on the playoffs? Because we got some other news to cover. I don't know, man. I'm kind of sad. Hockey's going to be over here. Like I said, i well, i get in the, I get into a depressive state during playoff hockey. It's true. The nice thing is, is that it's going to be July, and then you're going to get the expansion draft followed by the other draft, and followed by. Free agency, and the next thing you know, it's gonna be training camp. It's gonna be quick, man. It's gonna be a quick turnaround. They're gonna start on time, October, right? Next Maybe. season, Daryl will have them in shape. I can't wait for a full season. I can't wait to go to the go to a game, man. I, I can't down. wait to watch these guys win the game opener for once in their fucking life. I was downtown today, and I drove by the Saddle Dome, and it's just like it's so fucked up. It's been pretty much empty for like two years. Did you see? I don't know if I sent you this. Did you see? Um, uh, I forget who it was. Someone on Twitter that drove by. Actually, I think it was Shami and Chris, but um, drove by, took pictures of the lighting. It says "sad dome." <laughs> yeah, that's right. The, the all the rest oh, of the lights are burnt out. Yeah, everything is burnt out. How spot on is that? Fuck, is it a sad dome, man? My God. I mean, it's really been a sad dome for 
the last two seasons. So, all right, we'll shift gears. The Matthew Kachuk stuff is still going on. Two. Okay, so the latest. I think we came on here on one of our other podcasts, and it was the next day that it came out, and we were we were pretty active on social media regarding it, but. A lot of rumors that uh, who was the guy saying that uh, he heard on the street that I think Chuck wants to go to St. Louis. This was be uh, Shane O'Brien, former Calgary Flame. Really? Yeah, he was involved. I think in like the second Alex Tangay deal or something. Remember number fifty-five? They ended up buying him out or something, but he must have beef with the team or something. Man. Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, he's just salty. We bought him out. We bought his ass out. Um, but yeah, he was he in the David Jones trade? I'm going to pull it up right now. But yeah, in uh, 2013, he was traded along with David Jones, who's an underrated flame, I got to say, for Alex Tangay and Corey Serich. I played against David Jones. <laughs> I think I've told you that story like 10 times. Underrated David Jones. Man, he was so good for Coquitlam. Ridiculous. He had like 1,000 points. It's funny how good these guys are who like barely even play in the NHL, eh? Yep. But anyways, this is Shane O'Brien. He mentioned it. It was hard to get a hold of the audio at first because he mentioned it on like NHL Network Radio or something on somebody's show. But Sleuther's going to sleuth. Flames fans dug it up. If he gets healthy in the offseason, would you be interested in a Tarasenko and leaving St. Louis, my friend? Uh, I think his time's up. I, I got a little uh, rumor, I guess, here. Cool. And for Dwayne, I got Tarasenko going to Calgary for Tuchuk. Uh, I heard Tuchuk wants out of Calgary. Tarasenko times up there. I think that's a trade that could happen. Uh, and then obviously Seattle an expansion team. You, anytime you could get a guy like Tarasenko on an expansion team, the way he shoots the puck, it could happen. But I think there could be a trade in the works there. Whoa, 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 Camel. Whoa. <laughs> when I say whoa, Yosemite Sam. Kachuk wants out of Calgary. He doesn't like okay, Sutter? Question mark. That. that means him and Goodrow are gone? What's going on here? I'm hearing more on the end that he wants to be that he wants to play in St. Louis, his hometown, and I, I just think he's, he's the time is it for a change in Calgary. Is it going to happen? I don't know, but I just heard some rumblings that it could be a Tuck for Tarasenko thing, and that's in the silly season, as you would call it, cools. Oh, okay. So you're hearing those two names, the contracts match. One's a lot younger. I think the Blues would have to give up something else too, would they not? For sure. The question yeah. mark about the, the shoulder, um, you know. So I, I mean, I try to look and say, okay, then I'd ask for Jordan Cairo, right? Of course, they could ask for Pareko. I guess Pareko and Vladdy gets it done. I don't know if that's fair or not. Given a choice, I'd want Kachuk and to be my captain and everything else. So he wants to go back to St. Louis. Well, well, well. That's. Uh, that's a big matzo ball you threw out there, my friend. <laughs> hey, just from uh, that's just some of, the, some of the rumors I'm hearing on the streets from some ex players that I know throughout the game. I don't know if it'll happen or not, but it's, I've had I have heard it numerous times. Okay, um, your thoughts, your thoughts. Oh, I Obvious. got a, uh, I got a little tip. I got a little rumor for you. Bring Matthew Chuck. I got some gossip. I can't even say his name right, but. He wants out. I mean, that sounds like total utter horseshit. Like, 
when the I fact, see- the fact that he's saying, yeah, it's going to be Tarasenko for yeah. Kachuk, that itself is horseshit. <laughs> that's, that's not even horseshit. That's like out of this league absurd. And what we should talk about right after we address this is the worst Kachuk trade proposals we've seen online because there have been some doozies. But like, again, the, the laziest and most pervasive bullshit you see in the offseason is player X wants to play in hometown. Right? Like, yeah, where have we heard this before? Jesus Christ. You hear this every season about like every guy who's from the States who plays in Canada. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, does all these guys do is that's their research? Oh, Matthew Chuck's from St. Louis. No, he wants to play at home. Like, what are you talking about? Has there in the NHL once there has been one time and it was like the biggest fanfare of the fucking century is when John Tavares said, I want to play at home. I'm signing with the lease. I'm leaving my team. That's the only time I can think of this has happened with a high profile player. It never happens. It's not going to happen. It's the laziest shit I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, so that, that was circulating, uh, circulating, but the, the actual audio, you know, it took a few days for someone to, to dig that up and you actually hear it. So were you, I think your first stance was you, you thought it was bullshit. Um, and then after hearing it, you all, you still think it's bullshit. Yeah. It's like you said, like when, where have we heard this kind of rumor before? Oh, every single off season about Johnny Gaudreau over the past 10 years. And like, I, I, I just, I just it, don't I, find Shane O'Brien to be a reputable source. I find it funny. I mean, you brought this up that as soon as any player in any team across the league has even remotely slightly close to an off season, Oh, they're getting traded. Where are they going now? They're done. Like that, that seems to be, you know, the extent of hockey journalism in the off season. Is it not? Yeah. And I mean, like, sure. Like maybe he's heard this. Like the first thing I said was like, well, fuck. If I was Kachuk, I'd want out too. Oh shit. You're in a shitty team who tells you to play the, to the change the way you play. It's just, uh, anyways, I, yeah, it's like, I, I don't get it. The thing that I don't get is how quickly so many fans, I don't know, from what I saw, were like, yeah, let's trade them. That's bullshit. I was like, that what? That, that, like, not only is that piss me off, but it's like, it's stupid. It's stupid is what it is. It's absurdly stupid. Like, number one, the rumor in itself got everybody... F- into a tizzy but number two like people saying yeah we should trade him for this that and this it's just it's pure and like he's 23 years old he's the sixth highest scoring left winger since entering the league he just came off his worst season in which he still was great for the most part what are you talking about like i don't even know why this is a topic amongst flames fans like this just shows the state we're in like yeah let's trade our best player every offseason that's the discussion. It seems it's like why? Literally, that's what this what this fan base wants to do every offseason is trade their best players away. It's it's funny to me that like people will because that's the solution apparently. Yeah, like best player blame the best player fallacy. It's like people will fucking like people are up in arms still are that Sam Bennett was traded. Like oh you can't trade Sam Bennett. Oh fuck you can't trade him. 
You can't trade David Riddick. I love the guy. Oh, I love that guy so much. What are you trading him for? Yeah, let's get rid of Kachuk. He's such a bum. <laughs> he only scored 20, 19 goals this year. Like, get rid of him. He is the problem. Lucic, though, I love that guy. He's a heart and soul guy. Oh, Kachuk such is a problem. Lucic is a real leader. It just blows my mind that it's like every single year, it's K. Okay, let's trade our best player. Like, I guess when Kachuk and Gaudreau are gone, I'll be like, hey, let's trade Lindholm. And then it'll be, hey, let's trade Manjapani. Like, it just, I, it, it actually blows my mind. Arkstrom, probably. Yeah. Like, it's, come on, guys. Like, we're, it's just, it's getting to the point where it's just really weird that it's like, that seems to be the discussion every single offseason is trading our best player. Well, and like, we bring it up, but it seems, a lot of it seems to be fueled by media, too. Yeah, it's totally true. And again, like, why do they do this? Like, why is Shane O'Brien? Like, you're telling me Shane O'Brien has inside sources with Matthew Kachuk? Guy can't even pronounce his name properly. Dude, like, come on. That's the first thing I noticed when I listened to that. You can't even say his fucking name. Exactly. We're going we're gonna to listen to this Shano, guy? It's Shane O'Brien. Shane O'Brien thinks Kachuk's getting traded. He wants back to St. Louis. St. Louis. His hometown in St. Louis. Fucking so, so stupid. So how much of one, this though? How much of this whole Matthew Kachuk thing? If Eichel, if the Eichel thing wasn't a thing, is the Matthew Kachuk thing as big as it is? I mean, it seems like 50% of the fan base that wants to trade Matthew Kachuk is, is down to do it because Jack Eichel is available and that's, and that they think that's, that's going to get it done. Well, I, I think that's where the, the impetus for the startup, but I think it's gone farther where it's like people are like, oh, yeah, now we have to trade Chuck because his qualifying offer is $9 million. We don't want to pay him $9 million. So I think it's snowballed from the Eichel stuff. Um, I do think that's the, the main source of it, but I, it has snowballed. Like, it's turned into other things. Where people are like, yeah, let's trade him for, like... <laughs> Like every, it seems every fan site now is like got their Kachuk trade, like Ottawa. Like I've seen people like, yeah, trade him to Ottawa for like a bunch of shit or trade him to the Leafs for a bunch of shit or trade. It's like, what? This <laughs> so stupid. And it's kind of funny because the day that this, this O'Brien thing dropped, Kachuk was trending on Twitter. So you know that the entire hockey world saw this, heard about this, was talking about this. And, dude, I was looking at the tweet that, that we sent out regarding the Shane O'Brien's comments and asking the C Red if they thought it was true. Ha, uh, sorry, quarter million impressions. Crazy. Like that, like, that thing was spread like wildfire. And it's funny how all these teams who have, you know, nothing good to say about Kachuk, all of a sudden, oh, Trade him to Toronto. We want him. We want him now. He's available. Yeah. He's a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit when he's not available. Now, now we want him. He's a scumbag piece of shit who tries to stab people with their skate. Oh, but now he's available. I'd love. He's a great goal yeah. scorer, guys. He scores goals. Like I saw a shitload of Kachuk for Murder straight up. Um, which is, you know is a better than a lot of the other shit out there. Yeah. Like there was some terrible trade, but oh my lord, the worst. Like again, I think the worst one is the one O'Brien said. Oh, Teres Teresinko, he's like sure, thirty Teres and hasn't. It is more injured than Monahan. 
I dead ass saw somebody say they wanted to do Tarasenko and Pareko for Kachuk. And that's when I was like, this fan base is losing its goddamn mind. Like, this is the Flames fan. Yeah, does it come with a time machine? Because it's the only way that that, that deal makes sense. I do think the worst ones were from Leafs fans, though. Like, the Leafs fans ones were hilarious. Like, there was one that was like Kachuk and Manjapani and a third yes. round draft pick for like, what was it? Like, Pierre Engvall. Uh, Morgan Riley, Kerfoot, wasn't Kerfoot. It? like, oh, yeah. oh my god, Leafs fans are on something else. So, um, good on Ryan Pinder because the following day he he's already on it. I'm sure he dealt with it that day. Um, but the next day, Ryan Pinder tweets out that obviously he's addressed the rumors with Calgary Flames management. And basically he says that in reaching out to some folks around the organization, they describe these rumors in two words. The first one being bull. The second one sounding a lot like shirt. Now you sent me something today. Um, the NHL watcher on Twitter says that Drieger on the instigator says reaching out to sources in Calgary in regards to the report, Matthew Kachuk wanted out was instantly refuted and Drager adds angrily. So they're pissed. They're pissed about it. The management seems to be pissed. And one thing I did say to you (laughs) was that if they're so mad about it, maybe it is true, but I don't know. It seems to me like it's a fucking bunch of bullshit. It's, Total bullshit. But we were talking before this is like, it's probably true. Like, I maybe Kachuk does one out and Brad says, refutes it angrily because he is so out of touch with his own players that he's just like, of course it's not true. Oh, Matthew, you still want to be here, right? Kachuk's like, no, get me out. The other... um I don't know. The Eichel thing, the latest is Eichel to the Wild. The Wild are really interested in it. It's funny how these suitors come and go, right? Like next week, it's going to be another one probably. And then you were thinking Vegas might be where he ends up. That wouldn't shock me one bit. But regarding rumors, man, like how how much do you want to read into these? these, Like how much time do you want to spend on rumors? Dude, like how often, how often, really, if you go back in time, how often is a rumor actually zero? Like literally less than 1%. It's almost like a negative factor where it's like, like it complete opposite happens. How like, honestly, don't go on these rumor sites. that are all bullshit. They're just for clicks. They're tricking you into clicking on like, what's the biggest trade you can think of off the top of your head in the past two years? Was it even reported on once before it happened? Exactly. Never, like, never. It's always like, what? Oh, wow. That's shocking. Matt Duchesne to Nashville in a three-way trade between Colorado, Nashville, um, and who's the other team? Fuck. Ottawa. Like, nobody saw that shit coming. Like, it's all it's all BS. Unless it's come, unless Elliot Friedman tweets it out or somebody reputable tweets it out, and they don't tweet out rumors because rumors are bullshit to me. Right? Like, that's why I really can't pay attention to rumors because – Unless there's anything substantial behind them. Especially from Shane O'Brien. Yeah, especially from Shane O'Brien. 
Like, I'm not even going to, I'm not, it's, it's, it's the same to me as like somebody random person on Twitter saying, yeah, Matthew Chuck wants out of Calgary. It's like, that's like Eric Francis saying Johnny Goodrow wants out of Calgary. Exactly. It's empty and meaningless. And like, again, like take a look at every rumor that's ever <laughs> been put out there over the past year. Has even one of them come true? Very rarely. It'll be interesting to see if Matthew Kachuk uh, addresses this when he's when he's brought back to camp. Oh, he'll address it. You know he will. God, I love that guy. I love that guy too. That's the other thing. Like, are we? I just I can't believe that people actually think that trading Matthew Kachuk. Like, this is this guy's this guy is the next Jerome McGinley for this franchise, and we want to trade him. And I sent this to you the other day because this kind of came up in my in my brain just thinking about, yeah, what would a trade for Chuck look like? And I remember back in like early 2000s, Flames were terrible. Craig Button's GM. Craig Button straight up. The guy who tells you, the guy who's on TV pretending he knows what he talks about. This is the guy who traded Mark Savard for nothing. Um, cut just Mark. On a, just on a side note, dude, he's to brush his teeth. If, he's, if you're gonna be on national television, like, give these brush your teeth, please. Dude, go to the dentist, get a cleaning, dude. You probably have pretty good health benefits working at Bell. It's not that big a deal. Um, cut Marty St. Louis, traded JS Jaguar. Mark Savard, was that him? Yeah, Savard, Jaguar, St. Louis, the trifecta of Craig Button. Um, good job, Craig. And you want to tell us. What so they're about hockey. Yeah, yeah there, we'll there was sure a, we'll, we'll make sure we pull up a seat and get a real good lesson. Let me get my notepad out. And I know this is a different time, but there was a there, there was a time when the Flames almost traded Jerome McGinley for Michael Pekka. And I I couldn't help thinking about that with Kachuk. It was like, man, like you can't trade this. It's it's absurd. Like a guy who's going to be your franchise guy, like Craig Button. I'm not kidding. You can look this up. It's it's online everywhere. They legitimately tried to trade Jerome McGinley for Michael Pekka back in like 2001. They tried hard, and it didn't go. It didn't work out. But I mean, like, that's honestly what I feel like you're doing when you're trying. If you if you theoretically were trying to trade Matthew Chuck, just looking at his counting stats. The last full season he played in eighteen nineteen. I mean, everybody had a really good year. Eighty games, seventy seven points, thirty four goals. Dude scored twenty four goals in his second season. Scored 23 goals last season in a shortened season. He has one off season with no fans in the fucking building all season long during COVID. Like, can we take can we take this season with a little bit of great assault? I'm sure Brad Tree League is not even stupid enough to fall for this. Yeah, like can you believe I can't I can't I don't put I put so little stock into this season from guys on the ice that it's like, like almost guy, a blip like, on the radar. Think about how much of an anomaly this season is zero fans in the building, zero interaction with anybody outside of your team. You're imagine you're, you're how not was, even allowed to yeah. leave your, you can't leave your fucking house. You can't go out and enjoy your life. You can't do anything. Can you, you imagine being fucking, a 23 year old and you can't leave your house for the entire season? You guys got to, you got to get tested. How many times twice a day or some shit. Does it sound like a fun season. Does it sound like normal season. I mean, look, we all live through it. Do you like? I'm ready to just erase this fucking shit from my memory as soon as things go back to normal. It just—I'm so not, I'm not putting much stock in fucking yeah, some guy same. that obviously feeds off the fucking crowd. Like, look at his style of play. Like you said, look at his underlines. They're fine. 
he had a fine season. I mean, sure, we shred, we rip him, <laughs> which was fun. <laughs> it was fun, enjoyable, cathartic. Very cathartic. But at the end of the day, still one of your best players in his worst season so far, in the weirdest year of all fucking time. And, you know, sports was a big part of that. And obviously, like, the handful of players that play the game the way he does, I'm sure there's there's a big factor in having a crowd in the building to watch watch him. So, fuck off. Well, and again, it is telling, like, the minute that it's like, oh, maybe Chuck Holmes on a Calgary. Every single fan base in the league is trying to figure out how they could get this guy. Like, that's what I've always yeah. said, like, with Gaudreau and even Kachuk. More specifically, because like, Kachuk is a franchise player. It's like, yeah. these guys, when you're like the Calgary Flames, they do not come along very often, man. Like, they do not. They do not grow on trees if you're a Calgary Flames fan. Like, Matthew Kachuk is a fucking unicorn. We should be sending an Irons Brink truck to his house with just a dump truck full of money and saying, stay here forever, please. Like, a guy who plays like this, plays this style, who's this good, with this pedigree, who wants to be here, like, it never comes around. Like, this is a one in a million here. And I'm not he, even being facetious. It's true. Dude, he probably doesn't even fucking want the money. Just, how about some fucking, you know. Commitment some, to winning? Some, uh, so some support letters. I don't know how much of this he pays attention to. Probably not much, but maybe a little bit. But when your own fan base starts to turn on you. Like I, 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 what the fuck is that? You you watch this exactly. Like I don't understand this this turning on the best player thing. Like it just it it literally blows my mind. Like if you want to do it's that, it's got to be the most it's got to be the most low resolution problem solving thinking that there is. Oh, it's it's ridiculous. Like Matthew, here's Chuck, how we can get better. Yeah, trade our best players away, and not even in this case our best player, our heart and soul player. Who like where would you? What would you even have you watched the Calgary Flames over the past five years? What would you even be watching for if not for Matthew Kachuk on a night to night basis? Pretty much the only dude in that room who's been here for five years who makes shit happen. The only other player you'd want to watch, Johnny Gaudreau. The other other player that other guys people want to trade before the season, anyways. <laughs> and Monty, Monty, and poor Monty. Eh? Yeah, well, I just fucking you know put my heart and soul into the game for this team, you know, play with a fucking broken hip half a Double season. sports hernia. And everybody hates me and tells me to leave. I He's wonder what's here. wrong with Sean Monaghan. He sucks all of a sudden. Oh, it could happen. You know, my wrist is fucking broken. I couldn't handle it. If I was, a, if I was an NHL player, man, I'd be like Kevin Durant. You know how Kevin Durant is like so touchy on, on Twitter and like gets into it with people. Like that would be me. I couldn't handle it. Oh man, I think he's getting traded in the offseason. Kachuk? No, uh oh, Monahan. Kate. Oh, Monahan. Do you Jeez, just scared me? Monahan, dude. I still don't think Brad Shaving's gonna do dick all this year. I don't I don't even think that's a that's a bad move if you don't do anything. Like obviously you need to add. You need to add. You can't do nothing in terms of taking away. You gotta you gotta add to that. And top. honestly, I know I'm in the minority here. Um, but I don't think trading Sean Monaghan, unless you're trading him for, for cap space and you use that cap space for a player who's better than Sean Monaghan, I don't think trading Sean Monaghan's the answer. What, trading your, your guy that scores, your best goal scorer in the last seven years, that's not, not the best answer? How like, about Tarasenko, though? 
<laughs> guy who's like four years older and hurt way more often and is more expensive. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Eh? See, that's the bias too, right? Like you pull most flames says, oh, do you rather have Monahan or Tarasenko? I guarantee all that would be like Tarasenko, even though he's older, hurt more often and, you know, more expensive. So I don't know. There have been some rumblings that Monahan's name has been out there. There was rumblings like that last off season too. Uh, I don't know, man. It's it's hard to speculate. I still would prefer Sean Monahan to be on the team next year. What I would prefer is you just do what you should have done for yeah. the last three fucking seasons. Exactly. Add to the top six. It's not hard. And then keep what you have. It's called add, right? It's called addition. Do you see? How, do you see? Do you see how? Other teams add without giving up their entire team. They add guys like Lindholm without giving up their Norris level defenseman, right? Like it, it's called like, oh, we got Lindholm. like you've got to add to what you have. You can't just like shoot. You can't take it's tree living's trades and moves have always been a step forward, two, two steps forward, one step backwards type thing. Like, like, and what's the, like we talked about this in the last podcast. What is it when you, when you fuck up so hard with James Neal and you swap him for Lucic, what's that? Yeah. That's just a, a lateral move. It's not even a step back or forward. Yeah. It's a fucking do a little circle. I don't know. It's man. funny, man, because <laughs> I, I just, yeah. One thing I know is we can't do a hockey podcast. We can only do a Flames podcast. It's funny <laughs> how fired we have, we got about our own team, but you know, it's, it's, when it comes to the rest of the league, it's pretty bland getting by yeah. bears. Well, dude, it's like I said, when I'm the passion is real, folks. When I'm watching, when I'm watching playoff hockey, I it's not not for one second am I not thinking about how does this affect the Flames or, yeah, am I not viewing it through a Flames lens? Like I like seriously, every time the Stanley Cup is awarded, all I think about is like, hey, what would it, what would it be like if it was the Flames? Like who? I I honestly don't even think I could wear another team's jersey. No, I I I don't. I have a Jerome in the Boston jersey, and that's it. Um. But it's, yeah, I, I don't know if anybody else does this. Whenever the Stanley Cup's getting given out, I always think, like, in, in my mind's eye, it's always a Ginla getting it. But obviously, that's obviously that's time has come and passed. But I think, like, who would get the cup after Geo? Like, would Geo, what would Geo look like walking up to get the cup? And, like, fuck, I just, I, I can never stop imagining it. And it really bumps me out. Like, I gave my, um, I had a, our hockey team in, in Calgary, there was, I think this is Pee Wee or Bantam. I can't remember. But every four years, because there's four quadrants, they rotate and the team gets to go to Montreal. So we got to go. We go to the Butt Bell Center. I got a Koivu jersey, a white uh, Montreal Koivu with, with a C on it, number 11. Yeah, it was fucking Sweet. dope. Um, I gave that to a, a buddy who's a, a, a really good uh, uh, Montreal fan. But I'm like, even if I had that, I wouldn't be wearing that right now. I couldn't. Nope. Couldn't I, couldn't bring my, I could not bring myself to oh, I'll tell you the one time, the other time I wore a different jersey was. Let okay. me guess. When they were playing either the others or the Canucks. Is that the only other time? That's when I would do it. Hey, if. You got it, bro. You fucking yeah. got it. I, I, I got you figured out because you're wired the same way I am. Yeah. So at, at my, at my high school, like I was, I didn't grow up. I didn't grow up in the city of Calgary, North of Calgary. So all my friends and everybody in my high school are Oilers fans, like the lone Flames fans. So the year 2004 happens, Flames go to the final, blah, blah, blah. 
then the Oilers go to the, the Stanley Cup final in 2006 and they're playing the Hurricanes and like, fuck was that annoying with like 20 Oilers fans in my grade, just like giving it to me all the time. And I swear to God, I, this is back in the day when in like small towns, they'd have like used sports stores. Like, you know, you'd like go buy your hockey equipment at the local used sports store. So this is why you're a forever a Hurricanes fan. Yes. So I Makes walked sense. into this random ass store in Olds, Alberta. I was, I think I was getting gloves or something. I can't remember, but there's this fucking Hurricanes jersey, a, a Carolina Hurricanes jersey, like on the rack for like 40 bucks while the playoff series is going on. It was meant ah, to be. I fucking bought a- it and wore it for like a week. Oh, it was the best. It was, it was, the, it was probably the pinnacle of my life, to be perfectly honest. It's fucking great, man. Anyways, oh, I love this team. And I- <laughs> fucking hate this team god it's so weird isn't it <laughs> it's so weird it's got to be the most toxic thing ever calgary flames i fucking hate you <laughs> and i love you <laughs> oh man so weird okay anything else you want to i wanted to touch on the blackhawks stuff so you already move on to that yeah okay so Stanley Cup finals this is so nhl right now hey i guess it's, it's the whole world right now is like this but yeah the, this, the cup finals, there's so many cool storylines. The Habs being one of them. Totally overshadowed by what's going on with the Blackhawks news. Uh, did this come out today? Well, it's kind I mean, of been out there. Just... The story has been out there for a while. Um, but, I mean, I think the, the Athletic and TSN have kind of just kind of started really getting into it. They're pushing it because it's like, yo, <laughs> why, why isn't this getting any traction, right? Is that kind of the situation? Yes, that would be the situation. Now, from what I can glean, I haven't read too far into it other than you know a couple articles from TSN and The Athletic. The video coach for the Hawks during, I forget what year it was. They won the Stanley Cup that year, right? Yeah, it was 2010. Apparently, the, the video coach uh, targeted, it sounds like two of the younger players because right in the article, it's, it's it alluded to, you know, predators of this nature will target, you know, um, easier prey guys that are more susceptible, you know, to being manipulated in fear of not getting playing time and stuff like that. But apparently the video coach got these players drunk and started making moves on them and stuff. And it's just like, how would like, and I get it. This world is fucked up, but why is it every goddamn day you have to read a story and you're just like, why well, how is this the world we live in? Like, what the well, fuck? What's fucked up is like, if this motherfucker has the audacity to like do the shit in a, in the NHL, think about what he's got away with in the past. Well, dude, that's yeah. hundred percent. That's my train of thought. And look, these guys are adults. They're playing in the NHL. You, you'd be professional. You gotta be at least 18. So it, it's not like, it's not like it's crazy. Insane. As, as if it was like kids, like, you know, the Theo Fleury and, and Graham Jeans situation. But then the only reason why this, this guy got caught and it's coming up is because the Blackhawks wanted to cover it up to cover their own organization. They want public, bad publicity and that kind of shit, even though apparently the team knew about it, which is fucking mind blowing. Like, like how does, how do these guys get in these, like you said, in these positions. The only reason why this is coming up is because he, because the Blackhawks let him go and he ended up and working for a high school hockey team. And then he is doing it to underage kids. 
a 17 year old like the fuck what, what more can you tell us about the story itself well, I mean, you can read it on the athletic, really good piece by work by Mark Lazarus and Katie Strang. But I mean, like, that's where this is headed is like, hey, management, it's, it seems as though management was alerted. Yeah, that was the thing. Management was alerted and they said, no, we're not, we're not, we're not taking it to the police. We're not doing pretty much anything. Yeah. The players went to management and said, we want to take, we want to bring us to the police. And they said, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, according to the report, um, the front office, which includes Stan Bowman, um, refused to uh, take the crimes or alleged crimes to the police. So it's pretty fucked up. So you have this simultaneously happening with the crazy shit coming out with the indigenous schools first in Kamloops, now somewhere in Saskatchewan. I'm not sure exactly where, but man, I was at the bank today and... um, there was an older um, native guy. I don't know if he could have been um, an elder. He said he was 72, but I was talking to, to with him and like, holy shit. You know, he, he's, he's, he's pretty certain there's going to be way more coming out. Just, it was just so sad, man. Talking to this guy, like, fuck what a world. So weird. We got to like, I don't know. What are the Blackhawks? What's going to happen to them now? If, <laughs> something needs to happen. Like the worst thing they could possibly happen is nothing happens. That's what's kind of like fucked up from from my perspective is like the Blackhawks don't seem to be doing anything about this as an organization. The league doesn't seem too interested in doing much. Like, like where does this go? It's gotta go somewhere. I mean, I don't know. It just blows my mind. I mean, Theo Fleury is obvious. Obviously, one of the more well-known athletes that's talked about it. I mean, look how it fucked him up. Like, he's he's a grown man, and you can tell he's still, to this day, affected by it. And it's just like, when we had him on the podcast, you know, that was one of the things he was pissed off about, right? was how much... You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't get talked about. It's just yeah, kind of gets just swept under the rug. It's ignored. Kind of a weird way to end a podcast, but that's the nature of reality. Anyways, we got some cool stuff lined up for um, once. I, we should probably start it soon because there's only one series to cover. We don't know how long it's going to last, but we got some cool stuff lined up for the for the off season, and um, obviously we'll be gearing up for expansion draft and the regular draft. What do they call it? The entry they, draft. The entry entry draft? draft. The NHL entry draft as well as free agency and we'll be able to bitch about Bradshaw Living. I'm sure some more. Very I'm sure cool. he'll be in on everything. 